0: All right, guys, welcome to another episode of the Friday Frosters, actually on Friday this week. <laughs> Kelly, hey
1: you there. notice something
0: strange really today? <laughs> you notice something strange today?
1: Yeah, it's just two of us. We're very sad.
0: It's just two of us today. But I will
1: tell you that Joe is on the plane for the National Speakers Association Influence Conference where we met two years ago in person. And what I love about this, I couldn't go this year, is that we love to work on speaking. Like, because if you are a subject matter expert, but you aren't a great speaker, you're going to lose your audience. So kudos to Joe. She's going to come back next week and she's going to have all sorts of stuff.
0: Yeah, she is going to surprise us with her newfound wisdom. And see, but you know what? Here's what this week actually means for you, though, Kelly. Since Joe is missing, it's almost like 50% of our team is missing. I know what you're thinking. There are three of us, right? So that should be one third. But, you know, you and Joe do all the work, and I just kind of show up. So I'm so sorry that you guys have to put up with just little old me today with Kelly. No joke. But no, seriously, guys, you all know what we like to do. As you enter the room with us, please drop that emoji into the chat. That signifies the mood that you're in right now because we care about you and we want to know that everyone is doing okay. So if you can drop those emojis into the chat, I would greatly appreciate it. And Mark is here. Mark says, good afternoon, everyone. Trust that you are having a good one. Mark, I'm having a scrump delicious, scrump delicious day. (laughs) (sighs) Heather is here and she's smiling with some coffee. Kelly, um, not Kelly. Heather, is that coffee or cappuccino? (laughs) Mark says, stop (laughs) self-deprecating. Oh, Mark, it, it works sometimes.
1: I wanna give a LinkedIn tip to everyone.
0: Can I give a LinkedIn tip
1: to everyone? Yeah. Okay, you guys. So if we aren't connected or you see someone in the chat that you're not connected with, connect. Send, hey, saw you on Friday Fraudster because we want to do connections that are personal and you remember remember why you connected with them. Um, But if you see someone in the chat and you're not connected to them, you guys are like Friday Fraudster buddies. So connect with people in the chat. What do you say,
0: Robert? I say that is excellent, Kelly, especially when you consider we're all either auditors or fraud investigators or compliance people. Let's all connect with one another and help build a better audit compliance and fraud investigation community. Hey, Dan is here and Dan is really, really laughing. Matt Jones has a big smile on his face. And I think this is Garnell. Garnell is dancing the night away. Garnell, you live in the Bahamas. So yeah, you should be dancing the night away. Hadn't been there in a while. Used to spend some time in Paradise Island. I used to have to go to work there. I worked for a company that would send me there about three weeks a year. It was a rough time there. I really hated it. (laughs) Sorry, I couldn't even say that with a straight face. And Clarence is here. Man, Clarence, I hope you're doing well. We need to catch up soon. I know I said that a few weeks ago, but I'm a slacker sometimes. Heather says that it is just regular coffee. And Pozo says she doesn't know how she's doing yet. And Malishka is pretty cool today. Sunil yeah. says, yes, I am doing very well. And who is this? This is Simone, I believe. I got a LinkedIn user that's just LinkedIn user, but you're smiling, so we're happy about that. Kelly, someone is saying, nice tip. Oh, that's Garnell again. Garnell is saying I nice love tip.
1: LinkedIn. And Garnell, shout out to Garnell. Um, She's great on LinkedIn she always congrats someone when they get their CFE or some other designation. I love that Garnell. I hope to have her on great women in fraud and Pozo is going to be next week's episode on great women in fraud. We had a blast this week.
0: Oh, so you guys have already recorded it. Nice. So for you guys listening, Kelly has a podcast, great women in fraud. And next week, Pozo is going to be on the Great Women in Fraud podcast, and Thomas is joining us from da- uh, not Dallas. I'm sorry, sorry, Thomas, from Houston, Texas. Hence the cowboy hat. And Juana is here, and Juana is Juana. What what's going on today? You kind of face palming it. Is that for me or is that for you? <laughs> All right, guys. Um, man. Before we go forward anymore, let me remind you, The Friday Froster is a full-fledged podcast. All episodes up until, well, today's have been loaded. We are on Google Play, Stitcher, Amazon, um, a few others that I forget. But if you go to FridayFroster.com, you can listen to the replay or Tell your friends about it. Here's the best part about it, though. You can get CPE for just listening to us three. Hey, that rhymed. I guess it's just two of us today. Well, Kelly, anything you want to say before we jump into the first story for today?
1: Um, I apologize in advance for my opinions.
0: No need to <laughs> apologize for them, my friend. This is a... Let me just say, you guys, today's story is one that we're going to do for the whole hour. Typically, we we do two stories and we take 30 minutes. This is going to be the whole hour, and I'm just going to say, bear with me, because I'm going to be reading from the indictment, and um, I'm going to try and remain factual and not um, be overly opinionated, but this is one that you want to hold on tight for. We've titled it The Terrible Tax Collector. This individual was a tax collector in, uh, I believe, Seminole County, Florida. Yes, he was in the Seminole County Tax Collector's Office. He has been indicted on, uh, I think, 30 counts. And we're going to go through a few of them. And we're going to start off with the easy ones first, the simple ones. So first, his name is Greenberg. That's his last name. Greenberg was one of the individuals in the tax collector's office who had an account with David. David is the Florida system that they use for license and vehicle registrations. So for motor vehicles and uh, I think even boats and other vehicles as well. So the system is called David. Rather than using, rather than limiting his use of the David system to activities permitted by federal and Florida law, according to his indictment, Greenberg used his access to the David system to conduct hundreds of unauthorized searches that had nothing to do with any legitimate activities of the tax collector's office. Let's talk about one of those things that he did. One of the individuals Greenberg used to access the David system was to search for someone that they're calling RZ. In 2015, Greenberg purchased a boat from RZ. In connection with that transaction, Greenberg obtained the personal information from R- of RZ, which he used to obtain a replacement driver's license for RZ on November 11th of 2015 without RZ's knowledge, consent, or Authorization. Um, Here's what they're saying he did. They're saying that he changed the mailing address, last name, birth date, and address, and RZ's full Social Security number on the driver's license and then uploaded his picture. He then changed the address and sent it to a P.O. box that he owned. So he had this man's information on a driver's license with his picture that's kind of weird. So we'll just pause here. Kelly, what say you?
1: I say that he knew he was going to do bad stuff and he didn't want it to come back to him. So, oh my gosh. Yeah, he, he knew he was going to, I mean, okay, we're not lawyers, but like, the intent of going to do that is kind of frightening.
0: It's very frightening, but you know what? Here's one thing that I find even more frightening. The fact that he actually had system access to do all of those things. He was in charge of the office. So I would have expected to see a lower level employee with the ability to go in and enter information and then another one with the ability to approve the information and then ultimate approval with him. But he had the ability to enter information. He had the ability to change information. He had the ability to literally change the mailing address and have items mailed to himself. That in and of itself is quite frightening because One thing that came to my mind was, how many other Florida offices are set up the same?
1: Well, and like I I said last week, if you have a personnel system, and I know this personally, and there's an audit trail, why would you ever turn it off? Unless you were doing something that you didn't want someone down the road to see. So like we have technology and big brother, whatever you want to call it, there's a reason for it. Because you know what? There are bad people out there. And I'm going to say the Joel Greenberg, bad person.
0: I think I would agree with you. And Pozo is saying identity theft, unauthorized access to the system. That is correct. And Juana is saying it is frightening. She's been the victim of identity theft, not once, not twice, but three times. Now, I know you told me about once, but three times? We'll we'll talk. I'm just curious about this now. This is insane. You've been the victim of identity theft three times. And Michelle says she is late to the show. Did he work for the DMV? He was in charge of the tax collector's office, which was over all that good stuff. And Michelle, I sent you an email. Check your email. I sent you an email, my friend. Uh, Heather is saying probably all of them and also every other state as well. Oh, it's set up like that. Yeah. Yeah. That is, that is scary. It is extremely scary that he had all of that access, but here's what makes it even more interesting. That wasn't the first time he did that. Well, I'm sorry. It wasn't the last time that he did that. Apparently he had stolen some other people's driver's licenses as well, including lifting some from, um, For lack of a better term, like the lost and found box or a box in the office with licenses that had expired or had been found or had been mailed in. You know, when you lose your driver's license, someone can mail it in and it'll go back to the tax collector's office. So he had taken some more, including one gentleman that was from Puerto Rico and a few other driver's licenses. So that was not his last time doing this. Um, Well,
1: So then I have a quick question and maybe it's in this and I didn't get that far. Is that, can they not run like, um, you know, software that and see where his picture pops up on which names? Like,
0: you know, I had a similar thought and I'm guessing that the system that they use is not, um, as sophisticated enough to do facial recognition. But I did read the indictment and he was caught or they were able to uh, prove what he had done because they had looked at the audit trail and they were able to see what he had done. But that see, that begs another question though. So that means that truly the audit trail is something that's used after the fact and not as a preventive tool because you would have seen all of this activity. It would have popped up in an error report because he did a lot of stuff. Now, Mark is asking, is this an elected position? Yes, Mark, it is. And we'll wait till you hear some things that he did with the elected position. Oh boy, that's a great question. Um, Heather says she'll never mail those back in. Yeah, I
1: won't either.
0: Uh, So now Heather is asking, why aren't they destroyed when they come in? From what I read, they are destroyed at some point. But to your point, as soon as they make it into the office, they should be destroyed right then.
1: And they should be flagged.
0: Oh, yeah, definitely. In the system as being lost. Yeah, yeah. Now, Mark is saying, Kelly, you have an interesting point. I would think you could do that, especially if it is the same picture over and over. You know, what's interesting is Google does it. Right? So, Google, like, you, you can literally upload a photo to Google and you can see where else it is on the internet so
1: well and you would think with the story i mean this is made just not even national news it's made international news that some company would come forward and say hey we could help you with that like you know i, I don't know about the privacy sort of thing but on a case like this where you have that I, I don't know if there's anyone out there in that space maybe you want to reach out to seminole county and say hey we'd be happy to you know do this for you and just see if it helps. Or maybe they've done it and they just haven't publicized it.
0: Herein lies the issue with that. Because the dollar amount will probably be substantial, they would have to bid that project out. And the way government bids work is, well, the lowest bidder typically wins. So, because I don't know if you guys remember the astronaut Buzz, Buzz Aldridge. He made a joke one time saying that he was, now, for those listening on the podcast, please note the sarcasm here. Those who are watching can probably see my face as I say this. But he said that he had the privilege of knowing that the spaceship that took him to the moon was built by the lowest bidder. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, so so uh, the 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 fanciest, newest, best software may not win out it would be the lowest bidder. And, and therein lies the problem a lot of times with government contracts. And as Dan says, government systems are always antiquated. And, you know, I don't like definitives, but I think in this case, it's pretty fitting.
1: Oh, one of my so now, biggest cases we did, and we turned it over to the FBI, and they didn't have the latest version of Excel. They couldn't open the file. I'm like, geez. oh, my God. Yeah.
0: So, oh, geez. Yeah. Whoo, Okay. Okay. I get it. Well, okay. We'll, we'll, we'll move right along with that. So, okay. So now look guys, here's, here's, here's what the feds, I think it was the FBI that investigated this one. Here's what they did to actually get him on charges of, uh, interstate commerce. He actually ordered machines and a special ribbon in order to create the driver's licenses. He actually purchased the machines using tax collector funds he also emailed himself a copy of a video and it just says in the indictment an internet video but i'm assuming it was probably youtube teaching himself how to install the ribbon on the machine but because the badge making machine and card stock were made in france and because of that they got him with interstate and foreign commerce crimes
1: When we want to get someone, we'll throw everything at
0: them. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Um, I think the one thing that I like is with the criminal justice system here in the States, at least uh, not knowing about other countries, you have a jury of your peers. And we need to, you know, prove that you have done it beyond a reasonable doubt. And you have the right to an attorney. So. We don't always get it right, but there is some due process that occurs. All right. What do you think? Get
1: into the juicier stuff.
0: Oh, boy. Yeah.
1: got so much juicy.
0: Okay. So now that's the first thing that we're going to cover. Now let's move on to the second thing. The second thing is it's under count 14 of the indict. After assuming office as the tax collector, Greenberg used his access to the accounts and funds of the tax collector's office to engage in what they call a scheme to defraud that enabled him to deprive the tax collector's office in Seminole County of use and benefit of funds. Now, it says in some cases, these deprivations took form of short term loans that benefit Greenberg personally and in others, Greenberg intended A permanent deprivation. Now, here's what's funny about this. I love the way they word these things, because in other words, he took out a loan for some money and then some money he just outright stole and did not intend to pay back. Uh, Some of it he actually used to acquire cryptocurrency. But here's the timeline, you guys. Starting in February of 2017, he obtained a series of American Express cards in the name of the tax collector's office. He used those American Express cards to uh, purchase thousands of dollars of personal items. Some of those purchases consisted of cryptocurrency that he purchased for himself. Now on the American express cars, they totaled about $7,203. Eh, not a big amount, but that wasn't enough. He needed to up the ante you guys. So in December he had a hundred thousand dollar cryptocurrency purchase, but check out how he did this. Th- this just blows my mind. Okay. So at the time of his tenure at the tax collector's office, they had bank accounts at Wells Fargo, Seacoast National Bank and Florida Capital Bank. He was one of three signatories on those bank accounts on or about September 20th of 2017. He opened up an account titled Seminole County Tax Collector at Fifth Third Bank in Lake Mary, Florida, where he was the only signatory on the account. Now, we'll we'll talk about this in a minute. Why would a bank open up an account under a county and only have one signatory? That's just odd in and of itself. So he opened up that account so that he could conceal it from the chief financial officer. Now, he made four different transactions where he deposited checks into that account. On September 20th, he deposited $27,000 on a check from CarMax. On November the 7th, he deposited $2,500 and $4,500. And then on November 21st, all of 2017, he deposited a check for $2,500 all into this account for checks that were made out to the Seminole tax, to the Seminole County. So in other words, he stole this money. Now, on or about November 29th of 2017, he wrote a check from that account to himself in the amount of about $5,000 labeled cash for the office. The government is saying that this was a false representation that he made to conceal his theft. So they got him on that, a false representation. Whew, boy.
1: Okay, so I bet everyone in the, oh, I was like, who remembers Fifth Third Bank and where else did they have troubles with embezzlement? Does anyone remember where Fifth Third I can't even pronounce it. Fifth, third. Like, okay, who is the person who named a bank that you literally can't pronounce? Um, But where else did they, were they complicit? Let's just say that they admitted to not following the rules. Oh, wait, I don't
0: remember this.
1: Oh, come on. Think think. of me and think of one of my, the queen of pink color crime Rita Crumwell, Dixon, Illinois, fifth third had to pay back a couple million dollars.
0: The horse lady.
1: Yeah, the horse lady. Yes,
0: Yes. as soon as you said, think of you, I should have gotten that because you love Rita Cromwell. She's one of your favorite people.
1: Well, she's not one of my favorite people, but you know.
0: (laughs) Well, she's one of your favorite criminals. Now Mark, (laughs) Mark is funny. Well, having that name, wouldn't it uh Marcus saying, What about a bank name thirty-second seventeenth bank? Hey, hey, I said it. Ha ha.
1: That's easier to say than fifth third.
0: <laughs>
1: like that's why the speech pathologist is like. Say fifth third three times in a row. No one can say it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so so look, guys, this this gentleman opened up a bank account. Under the under the name of the tax county collector's office, where he was the only signatory, and he began depositing checks into this account. How in the world does that happen at any company? You know, for, for my auditors out there, what happened to the bank reconciliations? I mean, seriously, you got this check from CarMax. At some point, it had to make it to the bank. Somebody wasn't doing bank rec- recons, right? Like This doesn't make any sense. I'm just baffled by this one. Um, my guess is no one was doing bank reconciliations. It's the only thought that I have on it.
1: yeah, it's it's uh, I don't know. Anyone bank at fifth, third? Anyone <laughs> in banks like I mean what is what is the term when you have um like politically sensitive people? Maybe all tax collectors should be politically sensitive people.
0: Ooh, yeah, um, I read some some other stories about him and apparently he's very well-connected in Central and South Florida and they're thinking that this is why he was able to do some of the things that he was able to do. But check this out, it gets better or worse, depending on how you're looking at it, right? So on or about December 20th of 2017, Greenberg emailed the CFO and asked, how much do we have that can be used for sixty to ninety day investments? And what is the most that you can do? The CFO explained to him in an email that, and I quote, "The most we could have invest the most that we could invest if we don't have any unexpected expenses is about one hundred thousand dollars." So what Greenberg had done is, Uh, Never mind. I'll just read you what he said to the CFO. He said, will you please draft a check to the Seminole County tax collector? Remember, that's that bank account for one hundred thousand dollars. I'm going to go with the short term investment, which I believe will have a much higher yield in 60 to 90 days. Thank you. I'll be in today to pick it up. So he told the CFO to give him a check for one hundred thousand dollars so that he could invest it in a short term investment. Under the guise of making the county more money. Now, what he used this money for was to purchase cryptocurrency for himself. Kelly.
1: Okay, what do you think? this is insane. Like it's insane on so many levels. If they only have a hundred thousand dollars, like literally laying around, like okay, this is it, like, and then plus the CFO should have said. No, like, there should be a regulation that says, you know, you can invest 60 to 90 days in T-bills, you know, CDs by certain banks. What? It, there is no way the tax collector should be able to go out and buy, like, a stock, let alone any of this. It's It's insane. And, like, why did the CFO do it?
0: So here's where it gets even more interesting. There is a Florida statute that uh, identifies six different types of investments that are permissible. This is why he didn't tell the CFO what he was actually going to use it for, because cryptocurrency is not one of the approved investment types. But also, he was using it for cryptocurrency for himself personally, not for the county. So I'm imagining his thought process was, I can make a ton of money on this. I can repay a small amount to the county and then shave off some for myself. That's what I'm guessing he was thinking, because... There's no way he could have taken it all. Right. That just doesn't make any sense. And Deidre's here. Hey, Deidre, Deidre says, so no standard opera. No, wait, no SOD. What is SOD? (laughs) No P card reconciliation MCI code blocks. Yeah. So a lot of people don't know what the MCI blocks are. That's the, uh, the, the type of transaction that occurred, uh, how the credit card companies delineate the types of transactions that, uh, occurred. And then, um, So they basically had a weak internal control structure not designed to detect or prevent these types of frauds. That is absolutely correct, Deidre. That is pretty much what happened. Yeah. So, guys, if if it couldn't get any better or worse, it, it actually does. So at some point, the county began running short on money. And so the CFO emailed Greenberg and here's what the CFO said. He said, I'm sure you saw the email I sent yesterday regarding bills and not much money coming in. We are going to need additional funds before the end of the month to get all expenses paid. I can either get back the $100,000 in the short-term investment account that I had given you, or we need to pull some funds back from an invest uh, back from some other investment. Um, He said, we might need to do that last part in either case, meaning pull back investments from other accounts. We have Winter Springs, which is another county down there, invoices coming in as well as our normal items and some old invoices are trickling in from prior months as vendors realize that they had that they never got paid for things. At this rate, there will not be enough money for the end of the month payroll. This is a county in Florida, you guys, a large county. Seminole County, I believe, is the city of Orlando or one of the surrounding cities for Orlando. It's right there in central Florida. Uh, if you guys know for certain, uh, let me know because I, I, there's so many counties down there right outside of Orlando. But I mean, that's the house of the mouse, right? Surely there's enough money. <laughs> what do you think, Kelly? I, I,
1: you know, this takes me back to It was in, I believe it was in California and it was maybe in the early 2000s or maybe in the 1990s where like, you know, city councils went and made these crazy investments that Wall Street sold them that went like that. But at least I don't think anyone was looking to personally profit. I think they were looking to try to look good. Um, But yeah, I mean, this is... This is what rules and regulations and Robert's Rules of Order and all that sort of stuff is meant for, is to protect the taxpayers.
0: Yes, absolutely. Now, we've got some good points coming in. Matt says segregation of duties, but Mark hits something that's very important. Mark says, who has the dominant personality there? Tax collector or the CFO. He railroaded him. And this is one thing you guys hear me talk about in my trainings with internal auditors. We have to learn to be brave. We have to learn to be braver. We're going to talk about some auditors in this particular situation and what happened or what didn't happen, the state of Florida auditors. But there's some consequences with being brave. But if you cannot hold forth, if you cannot stand by your moral compass, then you don't need to be in our profession. You need to be able to stand up and you might lose your job. You might lose your reputation. Who cares? As long as you still have the pride of knowing that you did the right thing. Now, Pozo says, did the CFO have an accounting degree and did he ever take an auditing class? That is a good question. And Martin is here and Martin says it's clear there was an intimidation factor. Exactly. That is 100 percent Americans and their Fear of the boogeyman and tax man on steroids. Yeah, I would say some Americans. You know, some of us, we have to, you know. Now, uh, Heather says, Orange County. You're right, Heather. Orange County is Orlando. Seminole is one of the counties right outside of Orlando. Thank you very much, Heather. I knew somebody would be able to help me out. And then Pozo says, what kind of accounting department are they running? And Heather, thank you. Seminole is Altamont Springs and Winter Park. Here's Here's the thing, too. What else is in Altamont Springs, my friends? Especially my auditing professionals here. What else is in Altamont Springs, which is Seminole County, Florida, where the tax collector allegedly robbed people blind? I want to see who's the first person to type it in. The first person to type it in, I will give you a free CPE from a Friday Fraudster episode. It's just one hour of CPE, but I'll give you a free CPE.
1: So I'm looking on the Seminole County, Florida dot gov and under support, there is a fraud hotline. So I mm-hmm. haven't found the CFO yet, but, um, I, I there's agendas and minutes, which we don't have time to go through, but I'm sure that's just delightful. There's probably all sorts of stuff. Um, so yeah, just, um, I, I can't.
0: Now, I love having our interview expert here. Mark says, remember that bullying personality is often a cover for latent insecurities, which are fun to dismantle in an interview. You got that right, Mark. You got that right. And Heather is our winner. The IIA, the Institute of Internal Auditors, their headquarters is in Altamont Springs. Now, isn't that just, oh, you know what? Matt's saying it's in Lake Mary now. Is it, Matt? Oh, I have to check that out. Okay, so... If I am incorrect, then Matt, you win. And Lokeesh, I love Lokeesh because Lokish says, but Robert, auditors may not always be brave, but in many cases, there is just no appetite from the higher ups. Yes, you are correct about that. <laughs> now, Pozo is saying no one should ever complain about the IRS again. <laughs> but my friends, this one it gets even better. So check this out. On or about January 18th of 2018, so now we've gone into a whole nother year. Greenberg, um, he obtained a cashier's check for $100,000 from one of his accounts, but he had to actually get a loan from one of his family members to pay back the money. He got a $90,000 loan from a family member and they actually wrote loan in the notation line so he had to go borrow 90 i wish i had a family member that could give me $90,000 anyway he had to borrow $90,000 from a family member which tells us that well that money must have been tied up he spent it or couldn't get it out so he had to borrow money from family to pay back the money
1: so i just put in the um chat I put the LinkedIn profile of the CFO of Seminole County.
0: Oh, oh <laughs> according only wow.
1: has one connection, and yeah. so we don't we don't know very much about him, and it might not even be correct.
0: Um, yeah, it yeah, mm. yeah,
1: it might not be correct, but yeah.
0: Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> and this is why Kelly is so good at what she does, you guys. You see how quickly she found that. LinkedIn account
1: okay but so we are like more than halfway through and we haven't even gotten to the juicy stuff
0: you know you're right
1: yeah okay we've only got 23 minutes for sex drugs and rock and roll
0: okay so (laughs) (laughs) and, and you guys Kelly said that and she laughed but she is so serious all right here's where we're gonna go next really quickly um okay you guys gonna have to bear with me on this one because this is really crazy if you think everything you've heard so far is crazy this is going to have you scratching your head he actually attacked a potential opponent in the race in the uh tax collectors race and when i say attacked i don't mean physically so listen (sighs) victim in count number four is a teacher at a school located in the middle district of Florida. On or about October 4th, 2019, the teacher filed with the Seminole County board of elections that she was going, he or she was going to run for the elected office of guess what tax collector. So she would have been running against Greenberg because the teacher had filed to run against him. Greenberg used email, interactive computer, and other methods to engage in a course of conduct that caused, attempted to cause, and would reasonably expect to cause substantial emotional distress to the teacher. Here's what he did. He sent anonymous letters to the school where the teacher worked purporting to be from a student, a concerned student. The envelope contained anonymous type typing and stuff like that to try and conceal who he was. But what he did was he alleged that there was a, an inappropriate sexual relationship between the teacher, his potential opponent, and a student. He, he not only did that once, he did that eight times to eight different faculty members. But it gets even better or worse, depending on how you're looking at it. On November the 2nd, he started a Twitter account, an imposter Twitter account, using the teacher's name and photograph. In that Twitter account, he said on November the 2nd, a couple of things. One, he said, I'm running for office to keep Seminole County white and segregated. It's time we take our country back. He also said, I'm a proud American, red, white, and blue. White. He also said, this is great. Oh, God, I can't even read this one. Never mind. This one is just too bad. Um I, yeah. The then he also established a fake face Facebook <laughs> account where he went on Facebook and, and said stuff. <laughs> I, I, stuff. <sighs> Kelly?
1: I, well, okay, first off, he's dumb as a doorknob because his fingerprints were like on six of the eight letters. Fingerprints. Yep. You know, people... Uh, and then he didn't try to use a VPN he his IP came back to his house i think like yep stupid crooks you know i mean he's just stupid and why is he stupid because sex drugs and rock and roll
0: yep and we've <laughs> not even gotten to the sex part yet so but for for those of you listening to the podcast this silence is because we're just kind of stunned okay so 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 let's talk about some of the things he's done so far he accessed the state system to do a bunch of things that he should not have done including getting some fake driver's licenses for people and just looking up information on people too We'll see where he looked up some information on some young ladies that he was um involved with. We'll say it like that. He looked up some information on some young ladies that he was involved with. He also established a fake bank account within which he stole money from the county to purchase cryptocurrency from him for himself. So this tells us that obviously the whole bank reconciliation process must have been just non-existent or maybe he was the bank reconciler as well, right? To Pozo's point did the CFO even take an accounting class and and who was running that accounting department? So this is just very interesting. And so now what we're talking about is how he actually had an opponent, a potential opponent who was gonna run against him in the next election. And he sent letters to his or her school claiming that there was an inappropriate sexual relationship between this student and the teacher. He also created a fake Twitter account and a fake Facebook account. And as Kelly said, his fingerprints were on six of the eight letters that he sent. And when they traced the IP address associated with the Twitter account and the Facebook account, it all went back to his home, to his personal residence. So yeah, he didn't even use a VPN. (laughs) So now, Mark, you were just so wrong for this. This is hilarious. Thanks for bringing some comedy to it, Mark. Mark said at least he did background checks on his women. (laughs) <laughs> Sorry, Kelly didn't find that funny. I found that to be—it's
1: <laughs> you know what—it's horrifying. You think of like the tax collector is being like one of us, boring, you know, looking at spreadsheets, and and this guy did it for money and power. Like, yeah, he didn't do it for the common good of the county. Absolutely not. And that's what's like so frustrating. And actually, he apparently said he was going to get an elected outsider for Orange, the Orange Sheriff's Office because he wanted to own and control the Sheriff's Office. So when people think that like, oh, this doesn't happen, like that's just Hollywood or something like that, you get pulled over and you have a Sheriff's Office who has a I mean, we had a case out here in Portland where a a guy got pulled over because he sold a car or something. Like, if you don't think that law enforcement or government can affect you, you're out of your skull. But no one on this call is out of their skull. Because we know it because we see it. But it's really frightening when you think that he thought he could own and control the sheriff's office. Again, this is like our, li- our liberty is at stake.
0: It definitely is when you have a governmental body that has the authority to do these kinds of things. And as I said earlier, apparently he had a lot of uh, 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 connections in the area. And Mark says, I guarantee he thinks that he's brilliant. And Sri, hey, Shri. Better late than never. Shree, Shree says, hey, Kelly. Um, now, also, Heather says, man, what a dirtbag. Shree says she wonders if any of his friends knew and if he paid them. From what I can tell, at least one of his friends knew, right, Kelly? Oh,
1: yeah. Oh, yeah. And, like, again, this is Friday Froster. It's Friday politics. But they say that additional indictments are coming for Matt Gates, And like, eh, honestly, it's disgusting. And I don't know why no one is making a big deal of it. Whether you're Republican, Democrat, Libertarian, Communist, th- the stuff that these two did is horrific.
0: Yeah, this should actually be, to Kelly's point, this should actually be on national news. I mean, it really should be. Um,
1: Well, it was, but then they found something else to take away from it.
0: Oh boy. Yeah, I must've missed it. It must've been just that fast because I actually missed it on the national news. I did see where, yeah, some other indictments are coming and apparently one of his friends is starting to talk about some of the things that they did. And he's, you know, he's, he's snitching. He is snitching, uh, which is good because this in and of itself is a lot. I think this is more than any one person has had on any case we've talked about on this show since we've been doing it. Um, All right, Kelly, you want to get to the sex, drugs, and rock and roll?
1: Well, okay, so there is an app, and I didn't realize, I, I kind of vaguely heard of it. It's called Seeking Arrangement, and it's rich men who give hotel rooms or trips or you know for company well that's code for sex there's 20 million members according to the founder of the app and you know there's venmo cash app payments that showed a 17 year old on the platform that was purchased What else is there's another girl not tied to this at all, but she was a member of Seeking Arrangement and she was brutally murdered in Utah. But she Mm. was on that app Seeking Arrangement. So, you know.
0: So, yeah, here's here's what the indictment has to say. And here's where it gets even more interesting with this um, person. It says Greenberg used at least four accounts to pay for commercial sex acts. His personal Venmo account, his personal American Express account, and get this, his American Express account at the tax collector's office, and his personal Fifth Third bank account. This man likes Fifth Third, huh? From December 2016 to December 2018, Greenberg used those accounts to conduct to conduct more than 150 financial transactions totaling over seventy thousand dollars all of which involved Greenberg paying women for commercial sex acts using these accounts. It says with respect to Greenberg's personal Venmo account, the transactions were often between $200 and $1,000 and Greenberg often falsely represented that the purpose of, okay, sorry, that the purpose of the payments was for school related or other living expenses. For example, some of uh, the common messages that Greenberg included with his payment for commercial sex acts were school, food, and ice cream. Um, And then it says one of the individuals Greenberg paid for commercial sex acts was a minor under the age of 18 uh, for part of the time when Greenberg paid her.
1: Okay, so just, I didn't even, I assumed but maybe you know we don't assume. Um, there's a story on MSN. Wife believes Joel Greenberg. Gr- Joel Greenberg tracked her to Jupiter using chat Snapchat. So all of this, he's got his wife. Like I don't know if he has kids. He probably has kids. I don't know. Does anyone know if he has kids? Um, but yeah. So. When medical emergencies happen, oops. Quick oh. access to life saving care
0: can make all older- the um,
1: So yeah, he, he's got a wife, he's paying for sex regularly. Like, oh my God. Can you imagine being his wife? That's, and she's not going to get any alimony. Um, Ooh. I lost you.
0: Did you lose me don't or, hear or was your I voice. just Oh
1: no. You can't hear my voice? Oh, there oh. it is.
0: Okay. okay. Um yeah guys, I I'm I'm This is probably the worst one yet. Now Shri says it will probably become a lifetime movie or a 2020 special. I agree with you 100% Shri. Um yeah. Yeah.
1: And it's a a money thing. It's a power thing. It's, yeah. And as Pozo says, tax dollars paying for sex. Sadly, he's not the first or the last.
0: Well, and I think too, when you take a look at all of the issues in concert, um, one problem that a lot of local governmental agencies have is none of them actually have internal auditing functions. Now I can tell you in Florida, the state actually does what they call operational audits on a rotational duty. So you might see your state auditors doing operational audits once every three years or so. Uh, it's not as in-depth as an internal audit would be, but that would have caught a lot of this. You, you see a lot of municipalities now ponying up the money to have at least one or two people on staff to look at limited things, specifically cash and access to systems. But in Florida, that that's not... It's not necessarily how it's done yet. Some cities do have, you know, that second look, that audit function, but a lot of them don't. Um, the larger cities tend to, but some of the smaller counties don't. With a lot of the transactions that occurred on the American Express card, simple data analysis, and we, we've we been saying this, we, we sound like a broken record now on the show, but data analysis would have seen the unusual activity and, and would have pointed out some of this. <laughs> Pozo is saying, "Is there anything he didn't do? Did he gamble? You know, that's an interesting point because a lot of the people in the past were gamblers. But this guy, from from what I understand, um, he was not poor to begin with. I mean, heck, a family member let him borrow ninety thousand dollars. I mean, how many of us have? How many of us have problems getting one dollar from a family member? Hey, man, let me borrow a dollar, right? So, <laughs> Kelly, can I borrow a dollar?
1: <laughs> Just <kidding. Can> you... <laughs> what's your social security number?" And then right.
0: <laughs> no how about this though can you venmo me a t- <laughs> i'm sorry
1: so but okay pozos did he gamble some people would say betting on you know bitcoin or crypto
0: ah, it was well, yeah, kind
1: of true. a gamble it's a bit of a gamble <laughs> shrie you didn't hear he that he donated
0: it to a church <laughs>
1: yeah
0: shrie i don't think he donated it to a church my friend i don't think he did um, I I'm just a little speechless on this one. I'm sorry, guys. This is this is probably the, the 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 least amount you've ever heard me speak, and the more tongue-tied you've ever heard me. But think about this: we have an individual that had access to a system and produced fake driver's licenses on multiple occasions, opened up a fake bank account where he siphoned money from the county and then used that to buy cryptocurrency. He sent letters. To a teacher's school claiming that the teacher was having an inappropriate relationship. He opened up fake Twitter accounts and fake Facebook accounts to slander that teacher as well. He uh, uh, he is accused of engaging in inappropriate acts with a minor, um, and here's one thing that we didn't mention. During COVID, he actually defrauded the Small Business Association and took out some COVID relief loans.
1: Well, and his sentencing just got delayed. He asked for delay in sentencing and they say, I wonder if the DOJ tries to indict the Gates Associates first, then go after Gates himself. Um, I know the reporting says they should decide by the end of July. Uh, Yeah, so there's a lot of chess playing going on with this because it's a big deal. I mean, we're talking about you know, uh, uh, what is he a house of he's a House of Representatives getting indicted, which actually isn't all that uncommon.
0: <laughs> well, true, it's not. <laughs> you know what though? Shri asked earlier if his friends knew about it. When it came to the SBA loan, it is alleged that he conspired with an SBA employee and another individual referred to as recruiter conspirator to submit false applications for the loans so he was apparently conspiring with at least two other people with the sba loans i'm not sure if he conspired with other folks on the other stuff i will say he was fairly entrepreneurial though right he is (laughs) i'm sorry this has been so bad i'm just trying to add a little bit of comedy to this one because this is this is insane um I've, I've never seen anything like this. Loki says you've got to give him full marks for effort. I agree with that, my friend. Uh, Benita, Benita just got here. She was a little late. She says, wow, this guy's been busy. So I'm glad you heard the recap, B, because yeah, busy is an understatement.
1: Well, and what, so he's going to go to prison and uh, what's he going to do in prison? And then what's he going to do when he comes out? Like, again, he's going to be, well, you know, Mike, Michael Avenatti just got sentenced to two and a half years in prison. Avenatti's going to come out and he's going to pull a Frank Abagnale just because oh, yeah. he's got that personality. But like this guy, what? I hope he has to stay in Florida and he doesn't come out West. It's part of probation, that he has to stay in Florida. No offense to you guys in Florida, but you can keep him.
0: Well, now Shri says this dude is a new level of working the system where she's trying to help her daughter get grants to pay for school. Well, Sri, you should probably call this guy up. He could probably... <laughs> he could help you get a grant, all right. Um, of course, you might end up in jail, but uh, and that does your daughter no good. But
1: Maybe we should do a study of how many tax collectors have been, you know, convicted. You because... know,
0: that actually would be interesting, because um, because, again... These entities have the weakest controls.
1: I, I mean, I tweet stuff all the time and county clerks, tax collector. I mean, it surprisingly, they're a lot.
0: Oh, yeah. Uh, a ton of them. Now, Mark says he will be running the contraband cigarette program. <laughs> that was funny, Mark. I like that.
1: Well, Bernie, and I'm typing it in the quotes, did Swiss mess. We ran the really? miss market in prison. Yeah. Bernie Madoff? Really? Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, Rest wow. in peace. Not really now.
0: Martin is saying there's something in prison called tax collecting. And and boy, Martin, you you hit that on the head. There is something called tax collecting, all right. And it is not nice. Oh boy.
1: And and this is gonna be also interesting because where are the players gonna land? Is he the top? Is he the bottom? Like You would think he isn't the top. He's close to the top. You would think Gates might be, but you know, the higher you are, the lesser your punishment general, that's from the ACFE for fraud and embezzlement.
0: Uh, Ah, you know, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Now, Lokeesh brings up an interesting point. Uh, That's a big assumption that he will come out of prison. Remember Epstein and Dan says he can run for office again and win. Now, Mark, I want to know, how do you know this? Mark is saying cigarettes are more lucrative in prison than the mints, than the Swiss mist that uh, Madoff uh, hocked. How do you know that, Mark? <laughs> is there a secret past that we don't know about, my friend? Oh, boy. Um, wow. So, Kelly, what else you got on this? I-
1: well, it's, I mean, really, this is just one piece of the puzzle because in a couple of weeks, months, we're going to be talking about the other pieces that fall to it. And it's just, you know, oh, there's so many different things, but unfortunately you have, um, you have people that are taken advantage of. You have young women that are taken advantage of and, um, you know, yeah. I, I, it's. I don't like to say money is the root of all evil, but sometimes it really kind of is. And uh, 20 million members on that seeking arrangement. I know no one's going to put in there that a member of seeking arrangement, but I'm shocked by that number. That is, that number is huge. Um,
0: if you are at work or using your work computer or going through your company's VPN, do not. Type that into your Google search bar. <laughs> Do not type that into your Google search bar. Now, Mark is saying $10 per cigarette and can get 60 from a pack. And Lokish, I'm with you. He says, Mark knows too much. But in all seriousness, Mark says, I have investigated numerous cases in federal prisons. And and Mark has. Mark is a super duper investigator. Just like Kelly, the two of them should team up and uh we should have like. We should go out and just go to every county in the nation and do investigations of different things. Now, as we close, if we as we come close to the end, let's just end this on somewhat of a comedic element. I mean, Martin says, "Don't ask about who's on top and going to prison." In the same segment, so you guys keep typing those comments into the chat. Thank you for joining us today. This was a this was a tough one, honestly, for me to get through when I read. till so the and, and I don't mean tough from the standpoint of uh, I couldn't read it. I mean, tough from the stuff that I read. The indictment is 86 pages, and I read all 86 pages for you guys, and we just gave you a summary. But remember, if you want CPE for just watching us do this and having fun with us, even if you didn't watch it live, go to FridayFraudster.com. You can get one hour, anywhere from 30 minutes to one hour of CPE, depending on how long the episode is. And right now, it's at a very reasonable rate. I'm not going to say how much because we might go up and I don't want this to be recorded. And you say, well, in that episode, you said it was X number of dollars, but it was very reasonable so that our friends all over the world could afford some reasonably priced CPEs for, you know, I almost said for having a good time with us, but honestly, I actually didn't have fun today. I, I just what about you Kelly? I I did not have fun today.
1: This is this one I was really concerned about because it could go very political and um but it shouldn't be. It it really shouldn't be political. This is about crime. Uh, and crime doesn't have a political party. Crime has money, sex, rock and roll. Um so but I was concerned because I have strong opinions about the political side of it and I I but it's not because of my party. It's, I think that it, it's like the show Billions. Are you team Bobby? Oh. or Are you team Chuck Rhodes? I'm team Bobby. You know, Bobby's a crook, but the good guy who isn't a good guy, I can't be that team. Yep. So uh, that's why it was kind of hard. Yeah. Thank you, Lokish.
0: Yeah. Lokish says this is a really fun way of getting CPEs. Lokish. Tell all your friends, tell all your friends. And Martin says, Mark A kind of made it a little fun though. He always does, Martin. So come back next week. We've actually had Mark on as a special guest uh, once or twice. Was it twice, Mark, or was it once? Or was it three times? I can't remember. But it's always a fun time.
1: And I think he replaced me for two weeks in a row.
0: Oh, you know what? I think you're right. Yeah, Yeah. 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 Now, Mark is also saying, uh, wait, hopes. Mark is also saying that in our business, it should never be political. I agree with that 100 percent. Whether you're a fraud investigator, an internal auditor, an external auditor, it should never be political. It should be about what's right and what's wrong. And there was a whole lot wrong with this situation. Mark is saying just what I'm saying. It's right and wrong. Yeah, it's either right or it's wrong. So you guys, um, thanks for hanging out with us. Uh, we'll see you guys next week. Thank you.